Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Happy Monday, Musicals with Cheese fans. How are you doing? I can't hear you anyway, so don't bother answering. What you're getting here is a sneak preview at what our patrons usually get. It is our first episode of our Fosse Verdon coverage. This covers the first episode of Fosse Verdon, and if you want to see our reaction to every other episode, just join us on Patreon at the $5 level and you can hear the entire series, as well as our coverage on things like The Muppets, um, Glee the first season, and we just started our recap of Gallivant. So you get to hear that one live with us. But enjoy this first episode of our Fosse Verdon coverage, and if you want more, come join us on Patreon. We've got a real episode coming to you this week, but enjoy this little bonus. All right, enjoy! Boom, chitta boom, chitta boom, chitta boom, chitta fussy! That jazz. But we're talking about Fosse Verdon, guys. This is overdue, um, and it's all Andrew's fault. What? <laughs> Andrew just hates giving you guys things because he hates you patrons so much. It's really Glee's fault, though, because we had Glee stuff prepared and then we didn't do it. Well, yeah, I got really sad. I, I stand by that choice. I think we made the right call there. Ooh, Fosse. So now we're talking about Fosse Verdon, and for those of you disappointed about that, hey, it's only eight episodes long. It's not like... We're going to do that. Um, technically, it's going to be nine weeks, though, because we're ending this by uh, Musicals with Cheese episode, a Musicals with Cheese bonus episode on all that jazz. Um, just to finalize the Fosse Verdon. That Ooh, is patron only. Patron only. Y'all get that for yourselves. Fosse is owned by our patrons. Yes. Yes. Um, except for the Pippin episode, which is coming up soon. 
and we'll probably do sweet charity and we'll probably do cabaret and cabaret that takes a lot of work is the thing cabaret is like i'd make you watch the original original broadway cast like with joel gray then i'd make you watch the movie then i'd make you watch the new alan cumming version so that's a lot for you to watch I just want to see some Nazis, bro. What about abortions? Nazi abortions? Uh, um, con- uh, is there any is there any way we can prove the babies would have been Nazis and then we can pretend we're aborting Nazis? We could. You know what? You know what? Uh, I'm in. Ooh, yes! You, you had to sell me. It was a hard sell, but I got there. It wasn't that hard of a sell. <laughs> um, but Andrew, before you watched this very first episode, what was your relationship? Like, did you know about Bob Fosse, like, as a name? And what, if you did, what did that name mean to you? Um, I watched all that jazz with the commentary on one <laughs> that, time. That's it? <laughs> that's it. Um, oh, that, and Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. That's it. Just those two. Literally, you didn't see any parodies. You didn't, like, have, like, people say, oh, like, that's a Fosse moves and all that. No. Honestly, I didn't know this show was going to be about him because every time you said it, I thought you were saying Foxy. So I thought it was like Foxy Verdon. I was like, who's Verdon? <laughs> who's Foxy? I guess I guess Verdon is very Foxy. I don't know who that is, but yeah. But this um, show is brought to us by Thomas Kale, the director of Hamilton, um, who is now, I think, like the father of Michelle Williams's child, which is pretty, pretty weird, but whatever. Nice. And they met on this show, so good good for them, I guess. They did a good did a good thing. No abortion. No Nazi abortion. No. But apparently people I think Michelle Williams actually did have an abortion and she like mentioned it in an acceptance speech and then everyone's like, You baby killer Well, I guess she did two good things then. No abortion and an abortion. Yeah, yeah. Um Fosse Verdon tells the story of the romantic and creative partnership between Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. Fosse was a filmmaker and one of theater's most influential choreographers and directors. Verdon was a critically acclaimed actress and Broadway dancer who won four Tonys. The story of the entire series unfolds through back-and-forth flashes the couple's relationship to through the years. It includes reversals of power and status as well as the context that let it all happen. It also presents Fosse and Verdon's contribution to the entertainment industry despite their personal problems. Now, Andrew, we're talking about the very first episode, the pilot, so to say. I want mm-hmm. you to tell me what happens in it. From your point of view. Okay. Um, well, I think the most majority of this one is just about him filming Sweet Charity and the absolute disaster it is, and then him getting, uh, or attempting to get, I think he does get it in this episode, right? The yeah. slot on Cabaret. I mean, yes. I mean, directing. he directs it and starts directing during it. Yes. Yes. And from all that, like, the, let's talk about that opening scene where they're, he's directing the um, opening number to Sweet Charity, the Hey Big Spender number. Yeah. I've never this, seen anyone sum scene, up what it make, means to make a movie or what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, this is what it looks like when you waste $20 million. <laughs> what what do was you, it, $40 million? Yeah. How much money was this? $40 million? A lot of money. <laughs> uh, this is what This is what's going through someone's head when they waste that much money. Why are they leaning on the side? Well, <laughs> they each have a story, Andrew. <laughs> they all have a story. I don't... <clears throat> I, I like the uh, dynamic between uh, Fosse and Verdon. <laughs> is Bobby... Is Bobby and... What's her name? Uh, Gwen. Gwen. I like the dynamic there quite a bit. Um, and I think that's going to be the strongest part of the show going forwards, like, by far. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the music numbers? I think that they went through painstaking attempts to recreate um, these specific... Like, it is shocking how much they're similar. That's so As much I was like little it, changes 
freak me out. I was like trying to figure out if I should have watched those shows first before we did this or those movies first, pardon me. Um the like, thing is they should don't I have seen it. They don't spend much time on Sweet Charity or Cabaret. The ones that they really like dive deep into are Pippin, Chicago and all that jazz, which are the three that you have seen. So I feel like you're in a good position to get in most of this. Where after okay. like, oh, and damn Yankees, which I wish we had seen and we were supposed to do an episode about a long time ago, but it didn't come together. Um, But we'll do that one day. That would make a really good episode. But that's in the next episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're giving you're giving away the behind the scenes that we've already watched the first two episodes. I mean, we do that for how we record. We gave it away in Glee. We do two episodes like recorded one time. So I don't have to look at your ugly mug every day. Every week. Exactly. <laughs> Did you catch the company reference where it felt like it came yes. right out of your mouth? Yeah, it was like, oh, that's a pretty accurate description of that show. It's a man <laughs> dealing with, like, marriage and stuff. Oh, it sounds like a bestseller. Um, I want you to talk about the characterization of Bob Fosse. Sure. You talk. you texted me in the middle of it. It's like, I don't think that any human is like this. Yeah, so I think it's even more so in the second episode, but they definitely, he has these traits in the first episode, too. He's just, he's very, very awkward in like a, you know, he he talks softly most of the time and he doesn't say all that much. You know, I'm trying to describe exactly how it is. You, you get what I'm saying, though. I get I've what you're saying. I've never seen anyone act that way where you're like in a conversation with somebody and you're just kind of like, uh-huh, and mm. then say something really out of like out of left field, kind of as the next thing you say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's try it. You be Bob Fosse, and I'll, I'll, I want to see what you mean. Like, I, I don't know if I can do it, but I'll try. I'll... <laughs> Bobby, how how can we set up the lights for this this next shot? I, I'm really worried about it. Uh, hmm. I don't think we need lights. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't made me wheeze like that in all. <laughs> I don't <laughs> But that's about accurate is the thing. <laughs> I mean, compare this cuz you've seen all that jazz or at least you've watched all that jazz with the commentary on. Yeah, cuz I sent you a bad file. Uh-huh. You sent me the file with the commentary on except for I could have shut it off, but <laughs> you could have texted me to be like, "Hey, I was like, why does he want me to watch it with the commentary on? That's weird. You know, that seems like something you text someone about and be like, oh, this is how you fix it. And then, you know, you just sat well, through I it with wanna, the commentary. I didn't want to... I don't want to bother you, and there was some pretty interesting stuff. Yes, but from the characterization of Bob Fosse's self-insert character and all that jazz compared to Sam Rockwell's performance here, like, how, how do they rank they, among each other? There's really no difference. <laughs> I they kind of feel like of the difference. same character. I don't know. They feel very similar to me. The thing is, um, Roy Schneider's performance of Bob Fosse, or I think his name was Joe Gideon in the movie, but he's basically playing Bob Fosse. Even when he showed up at Bob Fosse's funeral, it's like his ghost is standing right there. <laughs> yeah, that was what someone remarked. Um, and he's very confident, a lot more like, oh, I don't care. I don't... Like, he doesn't have that, like, navel gazing that um, Sam Rockwell puts into there. He has this very high confidence side, and you understand why he's more of a womanizer, where Sam Rockwell kind of feels like he can't function as a human in a different way than um, Roy Schneider's performance. 
I okay. So I think that's kind of a almost because uh, Bob wrote, Bobby wrote himself in all that jazz, and he probably wanted he probably sees himself as that really confident womanizer type. But he he was though. He fucks so many women, so yeah, yeah, many yeah. women. But I think when other people are looking from the outside, you can kind of see that like no one is actually this confident, and no one is actually this like weird. And it, I feel like it's an act of sorts because he's so self-conscious that he has to stand out in some way i mean that 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 is fair as well um all right let me compare those two performances because like in here they both kind of give them given moments to shine um but sam rockwell's performance he's not bringing as much to the table as um michelle williams is at gwen as gwen verton when i look at sam rockwell he is sam rockwell in a bald cap when I look at Michelle Williams, she is becoming she has become Gwen Verdon. I no longer see Michelle Williams anymore. She did such a good job just dissolving into that role. And have you seen photos of the real Gwen Verdon? I looked some up. I, I, I was think... doing a bit of research while I was watching the show to kind of like sort of understand better what they're trying to do. Um, so I saw a few pictures. Not not like a crazy amount though. But I think it's pretty uncanny how much alike they look. They do look very, very alike. Although a lot of that's probably, you know, costumes, makeup, that kind of stuff. I think it's well, mostly but... just the hairstyle, but they also very much have just similar facial structures. But she nails it with the voice, especially when she's performing. Like, it is super effective. And we don't get much performances from her in this one um, because she's kind of behind the scenes and working with her daughter at home. This, and... first, this first episode is much more about uh, Bob. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think, and I don't know if later episodes will also be like this, but the second episode is more about uh, when. Yeah, and that's kind of how it breaks down. Uh, let's talk very briefly about um, Fosse's womanizing ways and how it is shown in the show. I feel like we should save some of that for the next episode, because that's where, that's where this really happens. But the thing is, <clears throat> this episode shows us in a vacuum. Like, I'm very interested in your idea, where sure. the only person, Bob, in this world that we're shown ever was married to or that we should care about is Gwen and that the only woman that we've ever seen him like cheat on her with and it could be the first it could be the 50th is this I think costume designer on the cabaret set like that oh no translator yeah but that's in the second episode I'm pretty sure it was in this one because this one ends with um Gwen showing up and with the grill suit and knocking on the door Oh, no, you're right. The cheating happens here, but the fallout's the next episode. Yes, the fallout is the next episode. But I want your opinions on, like, uh, like, can you... What was your opinion on, like, would this girl actually be interested in this very famous man mar married to a very famous woman and, like, how that all plays out? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know about his mannerisms. I think he's kind of predatory. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Just a bit. Um, Just the way he speaks to them and mm-hmm. like he sort of uses his position as a as like an in. And you see that a bit more in the second uh, episode. Um, he, He's not. He doesn't seem like a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And the question is, but he was brilliant and that was his one vice and he needed, I mean, it was one of like 50 vices, but he needed an oh, outlet yeah, yeah. and all that. And I hate yeah, that yeah. because brilliant, brilliant be people are all are all evil and you just have to forgive them because they're geniuses. And at least in this episode, it appears consensual. Well, and I feel like that was a big like caveat, like even in the book Fosse, there was like, oh, the women wanted to do this. So let's, let's be clear here. He didn't like force him into it. But then again, when you're in that position let's of power, be clear having a position of power and using it over women is in no way using anything. it over anyone. I'm like whether you be gay, straight or whatever. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm not saying women specifically. I mean, he's obvi- he obviously is using it over women. though. Mm. Uh, yeah, no. So, I mean, on some level, it probably... Well, I don't even know if I can say probably, because I don't really know the details, but... Sure, I'll say probably was consensual. Consensual? Yeah. Right? Yes, but... and there was moments where he came on too strong, where it was not reciprocated. And the problem there is, they would do worse in the show, and he would not treat them as well because of that. Yeah. That is where you get to big issues. And we don't find that out so much later in this TV show, but you find it out quite often in the book that this is based on. Yeah, and I'm sure he doesn't seem too hesitant to kick people out of his shows. Uh, so I'm sure he would do that sometimes as well. <laughs> So let's talk about the musical numbers within this episode, um, because we have the opening number, Sweet Charity, um, where they're directing the Big Spender number, which is A+. Like, they recreated the scene brilliantly, and just the way that they edit it, where yeah. it shows how they kind of work as this relatively unhealthy machine between the two of them. I think that's great. Um, then we have the Mayan hair scene, where he's choreographing and having all these issues, and like trying to figure out how to stage it with the choreography and then how to shoot it with the staging. I, I that scene is perfect in its own way, like and I like that they it's don't It's interesting they just keep 
doing the same number yeah. over and over again, which is interesting. Because it's um, accurate. Yeah, it's cool to see that. I think, which is uh, somewhat interesting for us covering it, none of the music is uh, what non-diegetic, is that right? Yeah, that'd be non-diegetic. It's all diegetic. All the music is taking place in the show, mm -hmm. at least so far, unless, I don't know, do you count like flashbacks as being non-diegetic? I don't think Like, what do you do mean? That. Like, when you flash back to uh, Damn Yankees and play it over uh, a different scene happening, but I don't oh, know. Oh, no, 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 nothing like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> there are songs in the show that are non-diegetic, though, when he uh, gets deeper into his drugs and all that. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, and then there's like full musical numbers, and it gets real intense, and it this show so dives into really, surrealism a bit. They really do all that jazz <laughs> they do except you know different this is all that jazz the tv show it really has the same tone though like they didn't change anything tonally from all that jazz uh and i think that it's intentional because they're probably trying to uh replicate get some of the, the fans, style replicate the style get the fans of that because it's the same subject matter uh, but you know me, matter. all that jazz is my favorite film of all time, and I think that this does a very good job replicating a lot of the stylistic choices that Bob Fosse made as a oh, it does. film director. It, it do I mean, in the first scene, I didn't I didn't even know what this was about, because I'm a dummy who doesn't like research anything before we start watching it. I don't watch um, musicals, Jess. Yeah, so literally, I didn't know what it was about, but in like the first scene, I was like, oh, this is like all that jazz. <laughs> 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 it's like he walks out with a cigarette in his mouth and, and it's like 70s musical shit happening and it's like, okay, this is all that jazz. <laughs> but name me any other film aside from that one and any other show aside from this one that dives equally as deep into the musical theater world as it does in the filmmaking, which is just kind of my, my two... My, my chocolate and peanut butter mixed together. I don't know. Maybe that like Walt Disney movie. I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> the Mary Poppins Walt Disney movie. Yeah, the Mary Poppins. Well, I didn't watch it. So maybe Ooh. that one. I remember that was the most frustrating <laughs> film, oh, like a film watching experience I had because the Walt Disney shit is so entertaining. Then it will cut to like P.L. Travers' childhood in Australia, and you're like, ah, I'm bored. Who cares? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I can't wait to watch that Winnie the Pooh movie, but it's about the actual Christopher Robin. What? Yeah, there's a Winnie the Pooh movie about the real Christopher Robin. Not the one with the talking animals, like the the other no, other like, one. The real life, real Christopher Robin. It's well, about who gives that guy. a fuck. Yeah, and it's about how everyone makes fun of him because he's Christopher Robin. <laughs> well, the kid. Um, Jam Barry wrote Peter Pan about this group of boys that he met in the park and then he would eventually become the father of because he married their mom. Yeah. Um, and he just gave all the lost boys in Peter Pan their names and then one of the boys was named Peter and yeah, that kid eventually threw himself in front of a fucking subway train because he was sick of that shit. <laughs> That's not funny at all, but it's hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but yeah that that don't do that to people don't be like and this is him in real life okay don't do that to people even if you're writing something that you don't think will ever be popular if you're gonna try to sell it you never know what's gonna happen don't name don't yeah, name change your the characters names. after real people come on i mean you <laughs> i do it all the time because sometimes i just go through my friends list and throw them into my scripts um, but, you know, I, I would never publicly be like, and this is based off my buddy Andrew. <laughs> Andrew DeWolf, yeah. who lives in Albany, New York. Do that to your enemies. Yes. 
Name all your characters after your enemies. Name all your characters Rob. Yes. Rob. Rob. And Brent. <laughs> no, we love Brent. Don't do that. Brent, you're now the main character of the Wright Brothers musical. I'm sorry. <laughs> we cut out the Wright Brothers. All about Brent. We're going to name one of them Brent and the other one Black. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I know he won't listen to this, so it's like... <laughs> Whatever. Do you have anything else to say about episode one here? I don't, I feel like we haven't even talked about the episode. <laughs> oh, we talked about it a little bit. Um, I wish you had it is seen- a pilot. Yeah. It, I wish you had seen Cabaret a bit because I want to know if you agree with the gorilla discussion. Okay. I don't know what it's about, but from what I heard, um, and I absolutely agree with this joke on top of a joke yeah. premise- it people do this all the time they're like we're telling a joke but like let's like make it so like you there's more than the one joke. joke yeah and it's like okay but that ruins the joke you know like y you don't have to have the person telling the joke wearing googly eye glasses that doesn't improve your joke at all you know like tell that to carrot top my friend carrot top's awful <laughs> he seems like a really nice guy though i will admit i'm carrot sure top he seems is like a really i'm sure cool he dude. is and he looks kind of like me if you like made me look like carrot top no guys um patrons tell us who you think andrew actually looks like because it's not I... carrot top it might be bozo the clown that's not true it might be pogo the clown oh god <laughs> isn't that isn't that what's his name yes it is john wing gacy <laughs> Good. I think this is a good place to leave off so we can hit the second episode, because I have more to say on the second episode. Um, I know, but one more thing I wanted to bring up. The most far-fetched thing in this episode oh, sure. is by far the most, the thing that is like, even shocked me as I read the book, and I was like, oh. Where his wife flies all the way to fucking Munich or wherever they were filming to help out. And then out. flies back, yeah. And then she flies back to New York to get the fucking gorilla suit, and then she comes back and finds him cheating on her. <laughs> That sounds what like a ridiculous weekend. That sounds like a ridiculously, you know, like soap opera drama thing. But that's literally what happened in real life. How did he not know that she was going to be coming back? He didn't care is the thing. He it later becomes clear, um, both in the book and in the novel, that he has a horrible sex addiction. Is he is he a sex addict or is he a sociopath? He might be both. Um, because. Being addicted to sex and not giving a fuck if your spouse finds out that you're fucking other people are two very different things. Well, there's also then he would beg, like, the thing is, it was only one-sided, so um, it becomes more of an issue when he's with um, Annette, uh, oh god, did I forget her name already? I want to say Annette Futicelli, but I know that's not her name. Um, who did Margaret Qualley play? Um, Annette, Anne Reinking, I'm such a fucking idiot. <laughs> And ranking, um, because she's a much younger woman. So she's like, well, if you can fuck whoever you want, can I fuck whoever you want? No, you, you stay with me. <laughs> You're mine, but yeah. I get to do whatever the fuck I want. And that's where the sociopath side. It's one thing to be want to be in an open relationship. Two consenting adults can do that as much as they want. That's cool. And I've known well, people that make that work. that's the thing. Just sleeping around and then after the fact saying, oh, I thought it was an open relationship. Like, that's not an open relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and later they justify uh, we'll, we'll talk about this when we get to the bottle episode that they have in here oh boy i think this is all for this episode we're gonna continue all right guys next week we'll see you next time on our fossey verdon podcast we're about to get very controversial by the way you gotta stay tuned yeah we're gonna say say some shit i'm gonna don't all right we'll see you next end time the episode. on <laughs> with cheese and whatever the show is bye patrons this is patrons with cheese actually patrons with fuck yeah okay this is patrons with cheese we'll talk about whatever the fuck we 
I have to do all the branding around here. Just doesn't put in any effort. <laughs> we'll see you next time, guys. <laughs>